You are now listening to Pull Hook Golf, an unfiltered golf podcast taking you inside the ropes with unfiltered stories, insights, analysis, and exclusive interviews. Welcome back, everybody, to Pull Hook Golf, the podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cook, and you might notice that we do not have Mr. Bobby Brown here, at least yet, because once again, we've run into little bit of some internet issues and no he's not still in Iowa he's actually over at the birthplace of golf in Scotland so we'll be chiming in from well he'll be chiming in with a few clips that uh, were previously recorded so we'll go through all of this on this episode with Bobby we'll get the rundown of the Genesis Scottish Open we will also get a rundown on the Barbasol we've got our penny bets we've got a lot of great stuff going on but we're also going to recap the John Deere Classic or at least I should say I'm going to recap the John Deere Classic because I actually didn't get comments from Bobby on the John Deere must not have been that important they did not end up making the cut last week himself and SH Kim so so maybe there's a little bit of, you know, I don't want to touch upon that as of yet, but uh, we will also talk about the recap of the live golf event. There was a pretty interesting scenario that took place that was just different than what you would normally see as a reaction from a winner of a golf tournament. So we're going to be talking about that. And then of course, you can't discuss golf right now without talking about those Senate hearings. Bobby's got some opinions on that. I certainly have some opinions on that as well. So without further ado, let's jump right into it with a recap of the John Deere classic Sepp Straka. What a final round from Sepp Straka, but to be honest, what could have been out of that final round? I mean, this guy was absolutely on fire and then just petered out. I mean, it must have come into his mind and talk about how difficult golf is because you got somebody that is just absolutely rolling the pill, hitting the ball beautifully. He's 11 under through 14 holes. And I mean, my goodness, you got to start thinking 59, 58. What about 57? And sure enough, he ends up finishing out his round. Now, granted, he built a big lead up and he was an hour off uh, from the final group or the final pairing. So he teed off an hour before them and got up to such a big lead. And then all of a sudden it was par, 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 double bogey. And he's still on 18. He had a chance to get the 59 with a birdie and he just... He hung one up there and the breeze was blowing in from right to left. And if you were watching last week, there is water on that left hand side and boy, did he find it. And I'm not going to call it a choke job because he ended up winning the golf tournament, which leads me to the next point here, which is Brendan Todd and Alex Marley. They were pretty much out of it. And you look at that back nine did those guys all of a sudden have that moment to where they're like, hang on a second, we're not playing for second place anymore. And then all of a sudden those two petered out for the rest of their rounds after the double bogey by Sepp Straka, you could tell like Brendan Todd was right there. He was right there. He ended up having a three putt and uh, that three putt bogey kind of sealed his fate, but they still had a chance on the par five coming down on 17. They 
both had a chance to push it to 20 under and get right there into the mix with Seb Straka, and they just didn't come through in the clutch in those moments. But I have a feeling that they saw Seb just taking, like, just absolutely steamrolling thinking that, oh, he's got this tournament won as they're looking at the leaderboard going, what the hell is he doing out there? He's absolutely killing it. And then for all of a sudden there to be a double bogey on the last, they probably didn't expect that. And that brought them both back into the tournament. They very well could have won that golf tournament. But, you know, it's a different mindset when you're trying to win versus trying to go for second place. So that being said, another big takeaway from this week was Ludwig Aberg. I mean, this kid is the real deal. He was part of the PGA Tour University coming up out of college, got a couple starts on tour, has made both of his cuts so far. I believe there's been two events. There might be three events that he has played in um, so far, and he's made the cut in every single one. And this kid went absolutely Yahtzee on Sunday as well. He shot eight under on Sunday, ended up finishing in the top 10. So Ludwig Shout out to you because you are a stick, man. Bobby was not kidding when he was talking about how good this kid is and how good these guys are coming straight out of college and jumping right onto the PGA Tour. But let's go ahead and welcome in our man, the caddy legend himself, Mr. Bobby Brown, coming in from Scotland. This was recorded earlier, but uh, we're just going to play it as so. Here we go. Bobby. How is it over there in Scotland? Good evening from Scotland, Matt, and our listeners at Pull Hook Golf. Um, long day today. Renaissance Club is playing firm and fast. It's a great field. I don't know half the people on the driving range from the European Tour because live golf cleaned house, and I'm not up to speed on Euro Tours. But I will tell you one thing. You always get excited to come over to a place like this. The golf is so much different. Um, we finish work here at about 6 or 6.30 p.m. Guys go out and play these golf courses, especially North Berwick. Obviously, you might have saw it on social media with Jordan, JT, and that famous announcer, Smiley Kaufman, out there having fun. I mean, I would love to be out there as that fourth out there playing some golf. I mean, it sounds like, you know, there's just such a, how do I put this late night in terms of when the sun goes down and everything, Bobby. Um, but tell me, I mean, what is it about Scotland that, uh, you know, you, you really enjoy? Um, man, what can I say about this place? It's a simple life over here, right, Matt? I mean, it's just clean living, um, the air is great. I have had, I've always said this about, uh, Scotland is you could drink. I'm convinced they don't have a bunch of shit in their alcohol over here, specifically their beers. I haven't drank in a while, but I do remember drinking a lot of beers getting into town over here on Sunday nights and not being hung over the next day, simply due to the fact that a, I don't think there's any crap in their beers and b the cold crisp air, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, we lost you there, Bobby. So the cold, crisp air, I mean, the beers sound fantastic. I have not personally been over to Scotland as of yet. Uh, closest thing I got was playing golf over in Ireland, which was an absolute treat. Uh, but Bobby, why don't you take us through a little bit of a rundown here of the course over there in Scotland for the upcoming Genesis Scottish Open. And if you're listening to this, the tournament probably has already begun. So Bobby, go ahead and give us a rundown. Anyways, 
Um, kind of a rundown, firm and fast, great links test. You wind through the forest for most of the holes, and then you end up on the ocean coming in. Um, Oh, well, that sounds pretty sweet. I mean, we've got the ocean. I've got the backdrop here. If you're watching on the YouTube channel, um, you can see the ocean as you're coming in to some of these holes. And it's just an absolutely phenomenal golf course that, um, yeah, that that's all I really have about that. But, uh, Bobby, let's talk about the penny bets. And who do you have this week over there for the Genesis Scottish Open? I'm going to give you a pick. My pick is going to be Xander, 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 Matt. I'm not sure who you're going to pick, but best of luck. I think Bobby, I'm not sure who I'm going to pick either, but Xander Shoffley is a heck of a pick. Actually, I do know who I'm going to pick because I think this guy is primed. He just won a couple weeks ago at the rocket mortgage classic and he's primed. I mean, he plays very, very well. Over in Scotland, uh, you probably know who I'm talking about if you are an avid golf lover, and I know most of our listeners are. I'm going with Ricky Fowler. So Ricky Fowler versus Xander Shoffley this week in our penny bet. And you gosh darn right, Bobby, you owe me some money. And let's hear it straight from Bobby because the last couple of weeks I have dominated. So I won the John Deere Classic penny bet. Um, and with that said, I picked Lucas Glover. He had his guy, S.H. Kim. Lucas Glover ended up playing great. He finished in the top 10. Um, so, yeah, let, let's hear this from you, Bobby. Um, I think I owe Matt 100 or 110. He shellacked it's me 110. last week, but I'll get a rundown from him um, before next week because I think i got to send him a Venmo. But Xander is going to be my pick. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to rely on Xander here, Bobby. I definitely think that, you know, you're down 110 because what I haven't talked about yet is the recap of the Live Golf, uh, but I ended up winning both of those as well. So you went from being 8,000 pennies down to now 1,100 pennies down. It's a lot of pennies. Or not, hang on a second. No. 11,000. Sorry, I misspoke there. 11,000 pennies. I mean, if you talk about going to the bank and asking them for 11,000 pennies, they're going to look at you like you're absolutely crazy. So I've got that going for me. If I go into a bank and ask them for 11,000 pennies, maybe we'll do that. Maybe it'll be a nice little social media piece. Probably not. No, um, I'll, I will take the Venmo. Uh, but Bobby, as we kind of wrap up the Scottish Genesis Open or the Genesis Scottish Open, there goes my dyslexia once again. Uh, but with the Sc Genesis Scottish Open, um, really, I look at a couple key players here this week. I mean, last year, this was when I fell in love with Tommy Kim. And Tom Kim, he, that Sunday round was the closest thing that I have seen to somebody just going off and not missing down the stretch. And Tom Kim, this was when you really won me over. And I would love to see him come out of his funk. 
Uh, we've talked about it on the podcast. He's working with Cameron McCormick. And as Bobby likes to say, and as I concur, that Cameron is really good with short game stuff. Uh, definitely a big fan of his when it comes to that. The overall swing, and I know he's gotten his acclaim from working with Jordan Spieth. That was his big win as an instructor. I don't ever love to put anybody down, but it's just like... Tom Kim had such a simple golf swing and to see him start to tinker with it. I'm just like, man, that is a, and it's tough to see him in this funk because of it. So I hope Tom Kim gets back to form. I hope he finds it and I would love to see him play well this week. Another one uh, that I think is going to have a great week is going to be Adam Scott. Adam Scott plays really well over in Scotland. He's played well in the Genesis in the past. The flat stick is absolutely rolling, or should I say the pendulum movement that he does? He's got that down to a T uh, with the lab putter and the long lab putter. I mean, it is almost, it comes right up to his chest, uh, very close to uh, touching, but it doesn't, it doesn't touch nothing illegal there. So um, Adam Scott, he's just got one of the purest swings. So when you get into windy conditions and so forth, you always got to kind of look at Adam Scott, especially when he's got the flat stick rolling just because his swing is so good. And if you've played in a lot of wind, you know, obviously ball flight control is a very important aspect, but if you hit the center of the club face and you're puring iron shots in the wind, you are going to play pretty gosh darn well, because as tiger once said, if you flush a golf shot, the wind's not going to touch it. Or I think as he said it, uh, my shots don't get touched by the wind. So that being said, Adam Scott has that type of effect. Uh, you also got to watch out for Scotty Scheffler. I know Bobby loves Xander and Xander played well, obviously last year out at the Genesis Scottish open. So, um, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see how this whole thing unfolds. But watch out for my guy, Ricky Fowler, this week. I absolutely love him in this golf tournament. I think he's just going to be an absolute stud out there. So without further ado, uh, let's kick it back over to Bobby here. And Bobby, why don't you give us a rundown on the Barbasol Championship? Because you've been telling a few guys over the past couple of weeks that you think are going to play really well in these next couple tournaments coming up, uh, and especially this Barbasol Championship. I got a little Barbasol Open update for you guys today. It's not the strongest field, obviously, um, when it slices the Scottish Open like this, but there's plenty of European Tour players that get a crack to play over here. But I've been mentioning some names in the past, and the one that stands out to me the most that I'm going to pick in my penny bet, Matt, for Barbasol, since we got to do one of those, is going to be Vincent Norman. Ooh. One of our listeners is a big fan of his, and I am too. I got to see him up close Sunday in Detroit for 18 holes, and he was extremely impressive. Um, I'm rooting for these guys that have just played their way onto the tour, too. Last week, Peter Quest played his way on tour. If you don't know much about Peter, he's been mundane in and having throwing up all these top 20 and top 10 finishes. So he was a big stud coming out of college two years ago during COVID. Um, he played at BYU. A lot of those guys stayed in school. The Marquis Senior stayed for one more year. So he got plenty of spots. He didn't do much out here, but now he seemed... To have come into his own so peter quest is also another one on my list to watch and um also ryan gerard from 
the state of North Carolina is another one that I like a lot this week. I, and I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw our guy James Hahn in. He played great last week. He's made another caddy change. Um, he actually called me a couple days ago and he wanted some caddy suggestions. And so I got him in touch with Willie Wilcox and Willie's going to continue to work for Sungjae, but Sungjae is over here playing in Scotland and he's got a European tour caddy on the bag for two weeks. So Willie Wilcox is caddying for James Hahn here and Reno. And I like, I, I look for James Hahn to have a big week. He almost won this thing last year. He plays great with his back against the wall. So I look for a great showing out of, um, James Hahn. Wow, big on James Hahn this week, but your pick is Vincent Norman. You're going with, uh, I know there were the comments on our YouTube channel around Vincent Norman and SH Kim, um, and shout out to you because you've obviously got Bobby's attention with it. Um, Bobby is going with Vincent Norman, and guess what? He mentioned another guy, and that's the guy that I'm going to go with this week, which is Ryan Gerard. Ryan Gerard. I was watching him the other day. I, I was in between him and Peter Quest, but I'm going to go with Ryan Gerard. And I definitely, these feel good stories and these young guys that are coming up, I mean, they are prime to have a great golf tournament. Um, and that's that's who I'm going with. I My heart wants to go with Kevin Streelman just because he works out of the same gym and he's played really well at Barbasol in addition to that. So watch out for Streelman. Um, this week, but Ryan Gerard, he's going to be my pick up against Vincent Norman. So uh, there's some penny bets there that uh, we have him. Uh, you know, let's get into a little bit of a recap of the Live Golf London event because I I got to get to these penny bets once again, which really they're not penny bets when we get to live. Everybody knows the drill. It is golf picks, but louder. Anyways, Cam Smith ends up getting a bittersweet win. He was, let's put it this way. This guy, Cam Smith, your flat stick is unbelievable. I posed the question out there on threads and Twitter around who's the better putter, Cam Smith or Denny McCarthy, because both of these guys are absolutely lights out with the flat stick, but I got to go Cam Smith. I mean, Cam Smith, I've never seen somebody make the type of putts that Cam Smith is making. I mean, he's making it look super easy. However, gosh, it makes you kind of wonder because coming down 18, he has a two shot lead. Um, and with that two shot lead, his team, if he makes a birdie on the last, which it's a par five, if he makes birdie on the last, his team wins. If he makes par, they go into a playoff. And if he misses and makes bogey, then they end up losing the team event, even though he will win. And guess what, folks? That's exactly what happened. Cam Smith had a, a four-footer. So Cam ends up not hitting a great second shot. and Or I'm sorry, not even a second shot. The third shot, he doesn't hit. Uh, very good. He ends up coming up short, I believe. And with that, he ends up playing to about four feet. So he's got a four footer and I'm being generous with four feet. This thing might've been two and a half to three feet. And you just kind of had the sense that, I don't know, there's something weird about it because they would have had to go back out 
everybody would have had to, uh, like Cam would have had to pick somebody, probably would have had to pick himself, I would imagine, um, since he literally won the golf tournament. But he ends up lipping out for to put his team into that playoff against the four aces. So four aces come away with the team victory. And it was interesting because I've never really seen this dynamic in a professional golf tournament. And granted that Bobby right now, I guarantee he'd be calling it. It's not a professional golf tournament. It's an exhibition. Well, I haven't seen it in a golf exhibition or a professional golf tournament where his emotions were so different. Like he won but it was bittersweet. You could tell that, gosh, I let my team down and it just makes you kind of wonder, did he really want to go back out and have to get into a playoff after playing uh, that day? I mean, you got to imagine that he did, but Cam Smith is such a cool dude that who knows? Uh, I, I just, he hit a really good putt and it just looked like he was lined up right there and ends up lipping out. Um, I mean, he barely caught the hole. So somebody who putted as well as he did and didn't miss a thing all three days, all of a sudden does that. That one is a little bit tough. So again, Cam Smith with the individual victory loses the team victory because of him. Uh, so man, it's just a tough one. And you saw it in his reaction. If you were watching the live golf London event, you will know what I'm talking about with his reaction. And then he got interviewed by Dom afterwards. And he just, he was like, man, I, I, it's a weird feeling that I have right now. Um, you know, I obviously I won. I'm happy about that, but I the, let my team down. So interesting dynamic, uh, when it comes to that, but let's get to the golf picks, but and my individual, I mean, I can't believe I'm still sitting here going, how in the world did Bobby give up C1 Kim? I know he, he let his hatred for Pat Perez come into play there. And I end up swooping in getting C1 Kim. And guess what, folks? I told Bobby, I told him on the last episode, I go, I want to give you a tip. Go with Matthew Wolf. And he didn't. He ended up going with Chase Kepka, who actually played pretty well uh, overall. So Siwon Kim takes the individual. And guess who finished? Because Siwon Kim was 47th. Or hang on, there was a withdrawal, I believe. So technically he was 46th. 47th. Guess who it was? One shot worse. Matthew Wolf. And I wanted to see Matthew Wolf do well. Um, I really did. It saddens me to see this whole dynamic with him and Brooks Kepka. Brooks came out, kind of called him out, but at the same time said, what a waste of talent. Makes you kind of feel like, man, he's not working hard. Like what's going on behind the scenes? I don't have insight to that. Hopefully uh, Bobby and I can get to the bottom of it and maybe get some intel from some of the guys we know that are out there caddying on live golf to get a little bit of insight there. Uh, but that being said, on the team side, we we did have a bit of a battle. So I stole his team because when you win, you get to make that first pick. So I ended up going with the Iron Heads. And guess what? Ironheads did not disappoint. Uh, Bobby w took my team previously, which was the Cleeks, and once again won. So 3,000 pennies transferred into my 
side off of the golf picks, but louder. And then the John Deere classic. So uh, Bobby, let's hear from you about uh, the penny bet tally. Then we're tallying it up. Matt, I need a penny bet tally. Cause I think I need to send you a Venmo. You shelled me, absolutely shelled me on live golf. And I'm glad that they're not playing this week. I know you gotta be glad because I have dominated the live golf side. I apparently do really well at picking people that are going to finish close to last. I mean, last week, if you recall, I actually had the perfecto where I picked the last place individual, which was C1 Kim, and I picked the last place team, which was the cliques. So I'm pretty good at picking bad players and bad teams. It just it must be uh, my mini tour experience. Who knows? Um, but let's. As we're talking about live golf, and Bobby, you were right, by the way, it is 1100 or 11,000 pennies. You do owe me a Venmo. I wonder if you can pay in digital currency in pennies. I don't know. We're going to find out, though. Um, I'm going to guide Bobby through that process of sending over the 11,000 pennies. Uh, but yes, Bobby, it is 11,000. I know it's tough to believe, but uh, I've been on quite the heater lately when it comes to our penny bets, and I don't expect it to be any different. However, I will say don't send it to me yet because let's see how these pennies bets go this week. I think you got some real opportunities by taking Xander and by Vincent Norman. Um, I've gone with kind of the underdogs with Ricky Fowler and Ryan Gerard, but we're going to see, we're going to see how it goes. Um, really looking forward to that. And as we're talking about live golf, I mean, unless you've been living under a rock or in a cave, without any type of TV, because now who knows if you're living underneath a rock, you can actually have Starlink and uh, by Elon Musk and you can still get internet from just about anywhere. So maybe people under a rock are actually watching TV now, who knows? But that being said, the PGA tour had to go to a Senate hearing. Uh, Jay Monahan was not there because he's still on his sick leave. Uh, the other two that were, invited to come and testify or to be at the hearing uh, that were requ requested was Greg Norman, which said he had a scheduling issue. And then Yasir, which he also had a scheduling issue. No surprise by the two of them. They're readily available, but man, they are not going to be pressed at a Senate hearing. Um, so Jimmy Dunn and, um, oh gosh, Ron Price were the two that, uh, represented the PGA tour. So Jimmy Dunn being on the board, and then you've got Ron Price, who's the COO of the tour. They got pretty grilled. Um, but without, uh, without Bobby and me going into this too far right off the bat, let's hear what, uh, Bobby's take was on the Senate hearings and what he was hearing over there uh, in Scotland. You want to fast forward to this Senate sure hearing yesterday? I can tell you, I don't have much to say about it because everything that I read looked like it, they were all hypotheticals, right, Matt? Like hypothetically speaking that um, if the PGA tour starts running live, that Greg Norman's out. I, I, I don't see any, 
I don't see anything written in stone like all the players, so I don't have really much to say about the Senate hearing. And quite honestly, this is Matt's specialty more than mine. I'm I'm kind of the golf guy and 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 Matt's more the intelligence guy who does his reading and does a lot of studying and a lot of homework on these things. But um, the Norman thing didn't surprise me whatsoever. Obviously, there's some bad blood there. Um, I was a little surprised about, um, uh, what do we call him? His Excellency wanting a membership at, I believe it was Seminole and Augusta. I mean, this is the same guy that wanted to rent out Augusta for a tournament for a week, too. I don't see Augusta bowing down to that because it's their golf course. I don't care how much money you have. I could be completely wrong. Um, Rory and Tiger joining Live to play 10 events each and having their own team. I mean... Is Tiger even going to play 10 more events in the next five years? I mean, he's not physically capable to do something like that. If he played in four majors this year, that would be great. But uh, excuse me, next year, that would be great. But um, I don't think Rory is a big live guy. I did read that he that he met personally with his excellency some time ago. And I don't think that I, I believe that meeting was short and sweet. Um, I'll tell you the one that ruffles my feathers a little bit is the hypothetical of the top 24 P, uh, players on the live final final money list or points list, whatever they call it, um, getting into the majors. I don't think that that's fair. I don't think they're 24 deep in majors. I mean, are you, are you well, I'm just going to, you know, I can't really talk shit about Perez anymore because obviously he's playing good golf and that's one way to shut me up. But I will say this. Do you think, do you think Pat Perez is a, is, good enough to play in majors and he would be 19 on the list right now so that's one thing that I don't agree with is I do not agree with the top 24 guys um, making all four majors now do 10 of them belong in the majors 100% 10 of them do maybe even maybe even 12 of them but when you go to the Danny Lees and the fat ass Perez's of the world and those kind of guys I just don't see them playing in the majors um, well, Bobby, I mean, tell me how you really feel about it. I actually did not see that part to it. So I'm glad that you brought that up around the top 24 from live being a recommendation of getting into all the majors as a part of this deal. I know, I mean, to me, I started to realize really quickly that Yasir does not want live golf to go away. And in their little side deal that, Greg Norman would be out. PGA Tour would take over Live Golf. But I have a tough time believing that Live Golf and the branding to Live Golf would live on. If anything, I think it would be repackaged, rebranded underneath the PGA Tour. And certainly, so these were all recommendations that went back and forth as part of the deal and part of the negotiation so far. These were in emails. So take it with a grain of salt with Greg Norman being out. If, uh, you know, if this all goes through Tiger and Rory getting ownership of their own teams and having to play in 10 events, those were recommendations from Yasir over to um, the PGA tour side. And then, I mean, one of the things that did leak out even before the Senate hearing that I thought was pretty telling and interesting to that one is that Tiger uh, at the player council meeting last year, which he flew in for, um, really stood tall in terms of uh, telling the Saudis where to stick it uh, and telling everybody else to follow his lead and that to follow Jay because he's a good leader and everything. I think 
the Jay Monahan leadership has kind of dwindled a lot of players. And I've started seeing some quotes from Xander Shoffley and Jordan Spieth around the fact that they're in the dark. And uh, Xander was the one who said that he's lost trust in Jay as a leader. So these are things that are starting to take a toll. And especially with the Senate hearing, I think my big takeaway uh, from a personal side was that, you know, it is tough to sit there and to have the PGA Tour be so strong in their stance last year and then to be where we are now. And, and I've said that multiple times on the show. That's the part that really gets to me. That hypocrisy is very tough to take when you spoke so boldly about how evil and bad the Saudis were and not to take their money and everything. And I get it. You were trying to persuade the players and everything, but you went on televised broadcast with Jim Nance and brought up the nine 11 families. You brought them all into this entire thing. And then you all of a sudden turn your back on it all. And I get why this is all taking place. And I'll get to that in a second from a business perspective, but the Senate, you know, there was a couple big things that I took away from the Senate hearings. And one of them was around the litigation stopping because they had this framework agreement. Now, there's no imminent deal. That's the part that at one point in the hearing, Jimmy Dunn alludes to the fact that, listen, there's no deal done here. So... If they want to walk away, they can. And the litigation's gone. That's the part to me where I'm like, hang on a second. What if the PGA Tour had to take all this scrutiny and everything? And now they just walk away from the deal or they let it drag on for as long as possible without ever coming and confirming this deal and getting this deal done. Now, the Senate hearing certainly is going to put some pause on both sides because all the emails are leaked, more information's out there. There's more media and more press around everything. Everybody's hearing the same stuff. So it is very difficult to get a deal done. And I think that was one of the points that Jimmy Dunn and even some of the Senate were making to the PGA Tour around. They know how hard it is to do negotiations and to end up having that be in the public light makes it nearly impossible, which I think was part of why Senator Blumenthal really wanted to have this Senate hearing in the first place. I think he wants to put a kibosh in and he really made a a effort to portray to them that you don't have to take this money. Keep golf as this American entity. Don't sell it off to the Saudis, which I can resonate with. I, I get it. Um, however, from a business perspective, this is where it goes completely in a different direction for me. As a business person and understanding business, we're not going to, like, why is it on the PGA Tour? Why do they have to carry this burden of being the group that doesn't take money from the Saudis. Everybody else is, our government is. So everybody's filling up their cars and that's all coming from the Saudis. That's filling up their pockets. And that money 
Why do we want to see it go to China, go to Russia, go to some of these other countries that are adversaries? Why not have that money coming in to America and being spent in the ways that it is? But on the same token, you have to look at it as, you know, the Godfather had the best quote in regards to this. Um, I heard this the other day. We are all are we are all a part of the same hypocrisy. So we are all every single one of us as we fill up our gas tanks and go on summer vacations and go driving and so forth. Now, some of us have electric vehicles, which doesn't get talked about, but guess where the lithium for the batteries comes from? Saudi Arabia. They're the largest supplier of lithium. So at the same time, they're getting rich off of that as well. So there's really no way around it. Right. And I think that's the PGA tours point. That's what Jimmy Dunn is trying to get across here is that, listen, they have, buckets and buckets and buckets of lots and lots of money. And so we're either going to lose the tour and lose control. And they're going to do a hostile takeover of our golf tour, or we're going to do business with them. So that's the part to where, you know, yeah, they can continue the litigation for as long as they wanted to, this is chess folks. And some of the things that came out that Bobby was talking about with the Asir wanting a membership to Augusta national. I mean, shooters got to shoot. So he wasn't going to get in there any other way. So that's definitely a one that, you know, Asir took his shot. He also wanted to be, have a spot on the RNA and that's, most likely not going to happen. So both of those are probably out the door. All of this, what I'm trying to say is that Saudi Arabia, one way or another was going to get involved in golf. And they already were by creating live golf. You saw a bunch of guys jump. So I know from a business standpoint, this was the smartest move that the PGA tour could make. And people might get upset and say, Oh, you know, it, the Saudis are evil, so on and so forth. Well, then everybody, the government for one, should stop doing business with them. We should stop getting oil from them. We should start tapping into our reserves. But that's going way beyond golf. And I just don't understand why golf in general has to take on this burden of being the only group that can accept money and so forth from the Saudis. And it's going to bring a ton of money in. And you saw Ron Price. Ron Price did not want to talk about the amount of money that the Saudis were have been talking about investing in. And it's north of a billion dollars into golf. Think about that. Think about it long and hard because that is a shit ton of money coming into the game of golf. Now, could they go elsewhere? Could they? Well, the Saudis want to be a part of this. They want to invest money into golf and they have endless amounts of money. So yeah, sure. The PG tour could, but they're going to battle up against Saudi Arabia ongoing. So from a chess perspective, and I said this a few weeks back that the Saudis were playing chess and it's checkmate because they have the ultimate wild card, which is money and they can do as they please because of it. And guess what? There's nothing we can really do about it because we live in a capitalistic society. So 
That being said, enough with the politics, enough with the business side. Uh, One last little takeaway here that I thought was kind of interesting that I want to point out for all of you is that there was one senator, um, I'm blanking on his name, I believe he was from Missouri, but he brought up China and the PGA Tour China um, series or the China League that the PGA Tour signed on for. And Ron Price not knowing how much money that they received for it and playing really plausible deniability on his behalf as to, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about with the money. Um, but there was, I believe it, the number was $45 million was paid to the PGA tour from China and Ron price pretended like he had no idea what that was or that they had received that money. And the Senator press, because Ron price's answer was that, Series stopped in 2019 due to COVID. Well, guess what? Where'd the money go? Because the PGA Tour was paid out on it. So that all of a sudden opens up a lot of doubt when it comes to why did they want the litigation to end so badly? Clearly, the Saudis didn't want to have to go to court and start to open up their books and everything. But the PGA Tour didn't either. And that's where this whole thing gets a little little sketchy. Um, and when there's smoke, there's fire as the old term or saying goes, and there's definitely a little bit of smoke leaking out. Now they got away from that a little bit. I mean, there was only one Senator that really hit on that. And he kind of, when Ron price was like, that league doesn't exist anymore. It lost a little bit of steam from the Senator. However, he didn't back down. He kept coming at him around where'd that money go? So, there is certainly some things that the PG tour didn't want their books opened up on as a nonprofit. And it's, it's an interesting scenario that, you know, the golf world, we need this to go away. We, we need there to be peace in the golf space. We need the golf tours to come together. We need live golf to come together with the PGA tour. I mean, and then where does that leave this whole TGL? The whole Tiger Woods, Rory McIlroy League. Um, hopefully we've got coming up a interview with one of the teams and the ownership um, for one of the teams of the TGL. And I will say this. I'm very curious to hear from them around kind of what the future holds for the TGL and what they're doing and everything. already got a little bit of insight around that with the fact that the stadium that's being built is being built in Orlando. So all these teams that are being built up and there's owners now of that. But I wonder with this entire thing, if Live Golf merges into the PGA Tour and the PGA Tour takes it over, what is going to happen with this TGL, with this indoor league that is going to take place on Monday night starting in January? I'm very curious. So I can't wait because I am a huge proponent of golf technology, and I would love to see this all come to fruition. I mean, when I was a executive within a golf technology company, this was the holy grail. This is what we strived for was to be able to hit all your full shots into a golf simulator and then to have the green and the chipping area and everything right behind you and a laser points down to where you're at in the golf environment based off of where you hit it virtually and then play out the rest of the hole on a green or from where you are in the fringe rough, whatever, But that 
is this concept of the TGL. And with Tiger, and this is something where Tiger's talked about, he can't walk, but he can still hit golf shots. And hopefully with this surgery that um, fused his ankle altogether and everything, that he becomes pain-free and can start walking and can start playing in events again because, man, do we need that from a golf perspective. However, if he's not able to, he can still hit golf shots, and that is the perfect scenario for him. Um, so I'm looking forward to this entire thing coming together with the TGL. And again, hopefully in a week or two, I don't know, because we'll see um, in terms of a potential interview with one of the teams um, and potentially the president of the team, we shall see. But Bobby, let's talk a little bit about your internet issues and just kind of get that final sign off from you because it has been a, a rough couple weeks for you. I think, I don't know for sure. I'm having internet problems over here. Um, that's two weeks back to back. BNB I got is great, but they're a little bit behind the times. They really are. They're behind the times a bit, Bobby. I mean, that Wi-Fi that uh, you've been dealing with over there is from 1901. I think Iowa was from 1933 right after the great depression. So yeah, nonetheless, Bobby's going to be in Tahoe next week, so hopefully we've got some good internet service. Last year we did an interview with Micah uh, when he was at Tahoe, and the internet service was great. So hopefully Bobby's got a good um, spot to post up in in Tahoe, and we get him back on for the full episode because, man, I miss him. I miss the interactions. I really do. Uh, but we've got some great interviews that are going to be coming up in the weeks to come. So what? Watch out because uh, these interviews, they can coincide to some of the shows that Bobby and I do, uh, but we've got some good ones that are going to be coming up and I'm looking forward to that as we get into the Open Championship. So signing off for this week, we've got the Open Championship next week. We're going to obviously recap the Genesis Scottish Open. Hopefully Bobby has a great week. Wishing you all the luck with SH over there because they're obviously over in Scotland going to be playing in this event. Uh, but that covers the episode. We've recapped the John Deere Classic. Welcomed in Bobby over in Scotland. He gave us a nice little rundown um, of the Barbasol. We talked about the Genesis Scottish Open. We recapped Live Golf London and we dove into the PGA Tour Senate hearing and really went into some of those main takeaways from the Senate hearing and just adding a little bit of juice there for everybody to think about with the whole Senate hearings. But again, from Pole Hook Golf, I'm signing off. We hope you have a great week and enjoy the action this weekend with all the golf. Thank you for tuning in to Season 2 of the Pole Hook Golf Podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and go to www.pullhookgolf.com for more information.